0: so i try as much as possible to to influence through my actions and through my deeds rather than my words but obviously as a broadcaster i have a certain responsibility as well so i try to send out uh, positive messages through my interviewees
1: welcome to a new episode of most memorable journeys today's guest is a professional and i'm gonna have to Pull my socks up to make this uh, interview or this recording a good one. She is the producer and presenter of Saskia Unreserved, which is daily, I think, except the weekend. But we'll remember. We'll discuss that on the Cyprus Broadcasting Corporation. Saskia Costantino, welcome to Most Memorable Journeys.
0: Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on the program with you. Thank you. Is it a pleasure to be on the other side for once? Well, I don't know yet. Um, it's a bit strange. It feels strange, but
1: um <laughs> we'll see how it goes. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You know, they call it leaving the comfort zone.
0: Yes. I know from my guests that um it's challenging. And the minute you see a lot of uh microphones in the studio and you know, recording equipment, um sometimes it does feel a little um strange to people who aren't familiar, but um Uh, hopefully I I managed to allay any fears that they might have. And it's really a
1: conversation just as we're going to have. I think you're going to be fine. Have you counted, because you've been doing this for a long time, have you counted the amount of guests that you've had?
0: At one stage, I reached 500. And I think after that, I stopped counting. But Um, There have been a lot of interviews over the years. It's been uh, 22 years of broadcasting now. So really half my life has been as a professional violinist and uh, more years now as a broadcaster.
1: You know, I was your guest. Couple of years ago, I remember when I started the Global Woman Club, and it's funny because somebody was listening to us and actually signed up about a month later because of that conversation that we had.
0: It's um, strange, you know, Elizabeth. You never. This is part of the allure, I think, of radio broadcasting. Um, that's of course evolving and changing. The, the whole broadcast uh, situation is now changing, but radio always has. Um, had that sort of mystique that you never know who is on the other side. I think that um, this is maybe one of the problems because we have to envisage who our audience is. It's absolutely essential that, that we know whom we're speaking to when there's certain programs, especially interview programs um, and and classical music which is not um, just for uh, really anybody well, on the one hand, it is for anybody, but on the other hand, it's um, quite a specialised audience um, that, that one addresses. And how to draw other people into that audience is also really important. So radio broadcasting is changing and it's becoming visual as well because you have the cameras set up in the studios Uh, I happen to be one of the only ones at at, uh, the Cyprus Broadcasting Corporation, but of course, it's not innovative. This was done by the BBC um, a long time ago. And uh, there is definitely an interest. Many radio producers though, and presenters, on the other hand, like that uh, mystique, that it's behind uh, the microphone, but not in front of the cameras. So yeah, I think that's it's huge. a long subject. It's a huge it subject.
1: It is, and I think it's it's important to um to understand. I think one thing that's very imp- that's very important to understand in what you do and a tiny bit of what I do is that you can have an impact on one person. You know, you just never know who you speak to, and you may help somebody if it's just one person a day, and. You have no idea how, what a what an impact you can have on somebody. I know that from my, my posts, I make these inspirational posts. And sometimes I think, oh God, I'm bored with this stuff. And then I meet somebody, I don't know, in the supermarket or somewhere and they come up to me and they say to me, you know, and I don't even know that I was friends with them on Facebook. And they say, you know, I wait for your posts every day and you, you, you make me feel good. And that's enough. Yes, it is.
0: You're right. Um, I've had a few of those experiences as well. Uh, I think that your, yours is a podcast, mine is a live program, uh, and there is a difference because you have this ability. So if I really say a bad word, you can go and edit it out, whereas I can't do that in live That It's that liveness, I think, that also uh, which you've um, – manage to achieve as well, which makes your podcasts successful. And it's that liveness that people are striving for. It's for the stories um, to be more in touch with reality, with subjects that are of interest um, to them. So that places a lot of responsibility on the broadcaster, on the presenter of the program to choose the subject's and the people well in my case it's it, it's a combination of the two the of the, the subjects and the people that are of interest and that you act as a gatekeeper for what is okay and what isn't really okay in line with journalistic responsibilities and your values as a person and you, and, and your identity
1: have you ever had a guest and have started the interview, and then realized, "Oh my god, I sh- what am I going to do? This guy is or this person is out of control. I, I, I. What do you do?
0: What what would you um, do?" I, I think that I'm fortunate that I haven't actually had that experience, and it's probably because uh, I do a lot of research on the person before I even um, think of asking them. So they're. Their academic uh, background, uh, what they do, how they think, other interviews that they've had, without being influenced um, unduly. Um, I, I do check. One of the things, the possibilities of of having a, a little issue is the the language. Sometimes, if one is not 100% fluent in English, there can be uh, some difficulty. And I did have that with one surgeon whom I spoke to and I realised it was quite difficult and one just has to shorten uh, the interview or you know, change the lexicon and make it more, more simplified. But I've, I've been very fortunate. My guests uh, inspire me uh, as well. And so hopefully they carry on to inspire the audiences too.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is the thing, the one thing that I love about the podcast, and I'm sure you probably have the same feeling, is that you learn, you learn so many things because you speak to people from so many different walks of life.
0: Yes, Um, and the subject matter, of course, is extremely diverse as well. Um, so, you, you know, I can be talking about um, neonatal technology uh, one day and then we can do, be doing uh, raging fires the next day. I can also have uh, cultural guests who are visiting the island. I, I, I have a lot of um, musicians who come, renowned musicians uh, uh, who come to the island thanks to the Faris Arts Foundation. So that's also It keeps you on your toes. There's an awful lot of research that needs to go into it because, of course, my questions are pre-prepared, but the um, interviewee doesn't know what I'm going to ask. And simply, I, I do this because I don't know what they're going to answer. And they may take us off onto another track. And I need to be prepared mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so it needs a, a lot of research
1: yeah I think it's um it's interesting also though then to be adaptable and understand that this is not going the way or that route that I actually was planning to but then you are ready to go another way and still absolutely. make sure yeah um, absolutely adaptable.
0: absolutely and sometimes even you know new subjects are are introduced uh and one has to say okay we're going down that route or no I want to keep the focus and I want to go on, on this way. So it's a matter of uh, making decisions really on the spot and it needs, it needs preparation. I uh-huh. think all too often, uh, and especially with in-depth interviews, you know, it's a 45 minute interview. It's a long time uh, to keep the conversation going. And one has to to know the the subject in order to be able to do that. Most News, and that's the difference between an in-depth and a news interview, that uh, news interviews are usually quite short. And in addition, they in Cyprus, many of them revolve around the Cyprus issue. Uh, So it's a matter of having the, the same thing regurgitated over and over it's been a 49-year
1: subject. I know <laughs> we're still talking about it that is so true and um, of course it always depends on you know what you really really what is important to you or what you want not to you but what you want your your listeners to hear depending on uh, which questions you have to prepare and then you insist on those but um, then again sometimes uh, it takes you in a different in a different directions and that's fine too. Now let's talk a little bit about Saskia. Saskia you weren't born in Cyprus were you? Um,
0: I actually was. I was born in uh, Famagusta and um, then uh, in 74 uh, my parents decided to go to South Africa and um, I was probably primarily brought up there. Uh, did some of my studies there as well and um, yes I followed the role of a musician. The practicing, uh, and then a practicing violinist in the National Symphony Orchestra.
1: That's th- and that's where the love for classical music comes from.
0: Music was always part of um, the family uh, home. My father was a professional violinist. Uh, my mother, an artist, a music lover as well, and so I was always surrounded by uh, records and music. It wasn't something that truly that I wanted. To do, I, I actually wanted to be a doctor. Following a, a, a stint of volunteering at the local hospital in Johannesburg, I realized that this was not for me. And, uh, uh, ra- as a rather late stage for uh, a musician, I decided, no, well, this is what I'm going to do. So it was a matter of quickly getting into gear in order to be accepted at the university, and um, it was all rather late.
1: What, I don't know was what was it, or it or that you I didn't like at the hospital what was it
0: there were children
1: dying oh oh okay it
0: it was just uh too much for me to be able to handle i thought no this is this is just
1: mm-hmm. i can't i can't amazing the amazing
0: scored, yes
1: i was doing a little research and you i saw that you also you, did, you, did you do your master's in the U.S.?
0: Yes, in um, Aspen. I did an MBA in uh, human resources uh, using the Cyprus Broadcasting Corporation um, as part of my research and data to see what actually influences uh, people and w- what is the carrot that they need to be motivated. There's some quite interesting results came out from that research. And I realized then, I think that was back in 2012, that I really wanted to carry on. It's taken all of this time to be able to, well, not since then, but just recently um, to finish my PhD. And it's been a, a, a long, difficult, but very fulfilling journey. And I think that it's terribly important and not emphasized enough that we need to keep learning to keep reading to keep up to date with the latest trends especially for especially for broadcasters and it's very rarely done you very rarely hear of broadcasters who are actually academics as well either they go with the one route or they go with the other it's not easy to do the two
1: simultaneously Mm. it's really very important But I think um, okay, you say it's important for broadcasters. It's important for every single human. There is a saying. Tony Robbins says, "You either grow or you die." Yes, yes. Some people die at a very young age, but they actually get buried much later. I think it's very, very important to also for your brain.
0: Intellectual curiosity is not something that is instilled from an early age. and I think that that's what's important, and it's part of the media problem that we have at the moment. Everything is just quick; it's available, it's there. But I find that if you don't know something, you should find out the answer quickly, just in conversation. Sometimes, you know, I, I'm sitting having a conversation with my daughter, and she says something, and I don't, I don't know what you know, what she said or what the terminology is or whatever. And, you know, she explains it there on the spot. But then, and and there's no harm in, in learning. The amount of things that I've learned actually from my daughter is absolutely amazing. So it's not an, an age thing. I think it's a matter of having the curiosity, making a note and going back and reading up more substantially about something.
1: That's one thing. And it's it's also being willing to learn, being willing to ad, to, to admit that you don't know something because there are plenty of, of people course. around us who yeah. know everything. Yes. That's one thing. And the other thing I also learned is, which is so important, is to learn to listen, because many, many people, they don't listen. They just wait to respond.
0: So true. Absolutely. Um you're spot on with that. Spot because on.
1: when you listen, you actually hear something that you haven't known yet. When you speak, you already know what you're saying. So if you want to learn more and if you want to grow, you have to listen.
0: Interrupting, I think, is also um, a phenomenon that I see quite extensively in Cyprus. You can even go into a shop. You could be speaking to somebody you you know one of the assistants and you'll find somebody else and she's explaining something or saying you know you need to go down here or here and somebody will butt in and and just say tell me this or tell me that I find it really rude
1: oh I totally agree but that is a very very different conversation I'm not sure if we want to go there no no we don't <laughs> because you know like one thing that let's let's just like also people who serve you in a shop talking between themselves you know and kind of you're you're bothering literally bothering them you're bothering yes. them you're buying mm-hmm. something because they were having a conversation with the colleague at the next hill.
0: All part of uh,
1: communication. So yeah so let's mm-hmm. go back we, we're going back to to um but when you you're saying you did this uh this uh MBA in human resources in Aspen did you go to Aspen or did you do this uh online?
0: Most of it I did online uh and then some of it's I went as well, uh, but just it was a very short period of time.
1: What did you think of Aspen? Because I've never been and I want to go skiing in Aspen.
0: Oh, I don't, I wouldn't be able to say. I I really literally went in and out. It okay. was a very, very short period of time. I, I wouldn't say that I've been. So you, um, can, you to can't Aspen. advise me on the ski shops. No, 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 definitely not. <laughs>
1: But um, I don't know if you, if we are allowed to say that, but your daughter studied in Holland, right?
0: Yes, in the Netherlands.
1: Yeah. So you... I think you like Central Europe, or you you have had a good time visiting your daughter in those places. And I also know that you recently went to Switzerland, to my home country.
0: Yes, um, Geneva was really nice. I went for work um, to be part of uh, the EBU plenary session for classical musicians, uh, uh, musicians broadcasters. Um, it was beautiful. I haven't I haven't been to Geneva before. I'd been to Zurich. But uh, travel uh, is something that's um, is very close to my heart, as to yours. It's something that I did from a very early age, and I've tried to instill that love um, of travel to Sandra as well. It's so important to understand that they're different people with different thoughts, different philosophies, and even if they're they're not completely. Um, in line with the way you think. It doesn't mean that it's wrong. There are different perspectives. And I think that that's really important to understand other people's perspectives and thought processes. That means that you can evaluate better.
1: I couldn't agree more. I believe that travel makes you humble. And it also, it shows you how at the end of the day, when you see the big world, how unimportant you are. And also another thing that it has Showed me is that even if you don't speak the same language, a smile is the shortest distance between people, and kindness will always get you anything you want. That's definitely one of my learnings. And another thing is that we are all the same. We're all the same. We all want the same. We want to be safe.
0: Uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm not sure that we're all the same. Elaborate, please. Well, if we were all the same, we wouldn't have any problems. Yeah. It's, I think it's the fact that we're not the same, that there are problems and that brings about challenges and differences of opinion. And that's what brings wars. That's what brings jealousy. And I think it's just the way we cope with these things that, that puts us into it, into a different bubble. But we're not really all the same. There's some people who are not striving for Peace. There are some yes, people yes. who are thriving on the wall. Yeah, If yeah. We really, uh, we can just even take uh, Cyprus, and it's a matter of compromise as well, isn't it?
1: Yes, I agree. I know what when I say that we are all the same. I mean the the normal people, you see, and it's politics and greed and and uh, I don't know, money and Ooh, importance and ego. Elizabeth,
0: normal, normal. What is
1: normal? Yeah, that's true too. That's another thing that uh, I haven't, I'm normal.
0: You're you're normal for you Yeah, and I'm normal for me. But how normal are you for somebody else? And how normal am I for someone else? I'm some other people's nightmare. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Me too. (laughs) So I think that um, uh, normality also, um, psychologists, neuroscientists will also have uh, quite some interesting input. Into normal. Maybe I need to do a, a program on that. What is normal? Uh, there yes. was an exhibition um, at the at the British uh, Museum. Uh, I spent days there uh, looking at it. Uh, it was "Who Am I," and it addressed the identity. And it's uh, something that fascinates me as well because there's so many different facets and. It's not static either. It changes. it moves with your how you're influenced, who says something to you, how you react, uh, your your intellectual development. there's so many things that go into
1: that. That is very, very true and very wise. But what can we do? What can you what can Saskia and Elizabeth do who have a little bit of a following to make the world a, world a better place? I think it has to
0: start, um, I've always had, you know, I'm an Aquarius, so I've um, always had these sort of lofty ideas that I'm I'm going to change everything. Uh, With age, I realise that um, the world is actually much bigger than I I envisage, and it has to start with oneself. So my own practices, in my own little bubble. So if uh, uh, things are, are important to me, for example, from an environmental aspect, I have to make sure that I'm on top of those as much as I can be. I have my slip ups too. Sometimes I'm drinking out of a plastic straw. You know, I say don't, or I pick up a plastic bottle and I drink with that instead of carrying my own. So we have those slip ups. Be able to forgive yourself, but try and I think it also need, is a matter of thinking about your values, what is really important to you and trying to live by those and by extension, your immediate family, your friends. I've also realized that there's certain um, people with whom I simply cannot connect. It's absolutely fine. We agree to disagree and I leave them on their own path. I don't want to have to... Uh, account or uh, be negatively influenced in some way by that. So I try as much as possible to to influence through my actions and through my deeds rather than my words. But obviously, as a broadcaster, I have a certain responsibility as well. So I try to send out uh, positive messages through my interviewees, and I think maybe that's where some of the power. If you use the word power, I, I use it in a very uh, broad, um, more academic sense than than in the real literary meaning of the word.
1: I think it's it's a good way, and what you said is that you have slip ups. Fine, you're human, but awareness is key. Being aware that you have. Yes. But going back and fixing it or maybe not fixing it, but continuing to do and also leading by example, because you cannot change anybody. You cannot change other people. You can only change you. Right. Yes.
0: Yes. And I don't think you can even change yourself. Um, I mean, we know that by the age of five, your personality is inbred um, already and it's already formed. I don't know if the word inbred is right. It's already formed. But we can change our habits and our our thought processes um, and our approach to things.
1: Yeah that's very true we get conditioned in the first 5 6 years of our lives and our subconscious mind has all these but we can we can change beliefs if we if we want to if we work hard on it and habits yes. as you said we can change habits it's hard though it's not as easy to change habits as some people think
0: oh, no and the older you get i think um the more um entrenched they are um and and the the more intransigent you are uh, to other other ideas and i think that that's why reading um and being ahead of things and and listening and absorbing and learning from other people as well is very important to your outlook
1: yes totally agree now talking about travel again because it's most memorable journeys that we are what is yes. your favorite place to travel to or do uh, you, some people don't have probably, one
0: probably um there, there've been a lot of uh, a lot of journeys I think probably the most memorable, I would have to say, was to Angola, uh, where I was working with um, the President uh, Nelson Mandela, Madiba, and we did a drop off uh, because I had a um, tourist um, company and we also had um, specialization in um, cargo. We took food into Angola. And I think that that is indelible in my memory. Arriving there, you know, massive uh, Antonov, and having everybody lined up there, they were all lined up waiting in the burning sun to say thank you to us for bringing them food. And there were, I literally, there were hundreds of women with children on their backs, and that's one of those uh, trips that remained very, very strongly in my memory probably the others have uh, been also with uh, my travels that I've had with my daughter have been very special to me because I knew that there there weren't going to be a lot of them uh, because up to a certain age and then they want to go travel on their own and so those were 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 special as well and and the things that we did and the, the explorations you know that we did together were a lot of fun
1: amazing i mean traveling with our kids is um, that's precious and that's uh, something to look back to and you know to so I, I think a bit and I smile. I travel a lot with my kids. Of course we also have two homes. so we one of our trip every year was going to Switzerland and um and i definitely i was a tour guide when i was young i needed to travel i made sure that they like traveling they are very seasoned travelers now yes. <laughs> because you say you you, know, you want to pass something on to your kids
0: i think it's a it's a great gift because um it ca- it comes to the stage where they they gain a lot of confidence um they're able to um, navigate uh, around themselves okay google maps has helped a lot uh we didn't have uh, that when i first started traveling but um it, it, I think it gives a certain confidence that you can do something on your own uh, as well. And, and that you're, you're able to speak to a multitude of different people from high to low and low to high and left to right and
1: right to left, uh, whatever, um, from wherever. Yeah, it's very that's important. true. And also it kind of, you know, it helps you navigate through your life, I think, because life is a journey. Life is a journey. So, and and the, the thing is, one thing that I've learned as well is that people love to help. I have never, yes. when I go somewhere and I'm not sure about something, I always ask, and I have very, very rarely find some that somebody won't help me. Yeah. How how is France? Or you speak French? I when speak French. Speak? I speak French. Yes, it's ah. my kind of my second mother tongue because I'm from Switzerland, and we have to learn French at the very early age. I but found.
0: You, it- difficult there because i don't speak french um and i found it really difficult navigating uh in in france but
1: <laughs> they're not the- exactly the nicest people in the world but we're not going there <laughs> 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 so yeah because like for example you go to holland people people um speak most people speak english oh yes yes
0: um but it's a, it's a, yeah, London, it's a wonderful country it's a wonderful it country I yes. uh, had a lot of very um, uh, special trips around that. We went around, obviously, all of the Netherlands, and uh, each place has its own special uh, position. That's come to an end
1: now. The new place. Yeah, that was my question. She finished, and congratulations. Yes, thank you. I'm very proud, Mother.
0: <laughs> you you know,
1: you start off with
0: this little bundle, and it's terrifying uh, because you know that. They rely on you for every little movement. And um, then suddenly 21 years later, they're on their own, they're wise, Uh, they're practiced, they've done well. Uh, And I'm terribly proud of uh, Sandra. She's done really, really well. She's got a a first class honors degree as her first one. She's been accepted into Edinburgh University. She's doing uh, her master's in neuroscience. And so I'm a very proud mother.
1: Excellent, fantastic, and I think there is this saying: like the best moment in your life is when you find that when you realize that your children have become good people.
0: You're very, right, very right. It's not only the academic. She's actually um, a really nice person. She's uh, funny and um, she's got a great sense of of humor, and she's open to other people's ideas, which is what I really like the most. She's able to
1: to listen. Amazing. So, have you been to? Do you know Scotland? Have you been to Scotland? We um, did.
0: We've done a couple of trips um, together, uh, but I wouldn't say that i I wouldn't feel comfortable. I'd feel probably more comfortable in Vienna than uh, in in Edinburgh
1: about about getting around. But um, there's lots to explore. Absolutely, and that's the good thing. We can go and visit our children. Thank God, there is no more. We have no more restrictions. How did you? That's another thing. A quick one because we're already getting towards the end. But how did you feel during COVID?
0: COVID wasn't as bad for me. I think as for other people, simply because maybe I'm a little bit of um, a loner. I'm quite okay with with being on my own, in my own company. But towards uh, the end, I'd had enough of it and I wanted to socialise and I wanted to be with other people. I think also that the drastic measures that were taken were absolutely absurd, absolutely absurd, uh, like being accosted on the beach and told, you know, you have to put a mask on where I'm not standing near anybody, I'm in the fresh air. And so I think everybody took it you know, to a a ridiculous point. But I think the the people who were impacted the worst were were the students who were starting out abroad and who were locked up. I've heard of many uh, students um, who who had that very, very bad first experience. And I'm just sorry for, for all of them. I think yeah. that all the ones, and, and for families who um, suddenly were, were stuck in one room, I said, thank heavens, thank heavens, I had a garden. I think that was my saviour as well. I could go out in the garden, and I did have a dog, so I could go for walks. My studio was in solitude anyway, so... I I think I was just one of the lucky ones. You were fine. Yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. I mean, some of those measures made me laugh because I I live in Limassol and I go down to the beach and Dasudi was closed. The the path, the beach path was closed.
0: I mean, anyway, thank heavens it's in the past and hopefully we learn from from the past and move because there is going to be another one. There will be, if it's not COVID, it'll be called something else. But there will be another virus. We all know that. And I think just the way we deal with it um, has to be in a much improved uh, situation. It really brought down the economies of countries uh, to a standstill. And we're still recovering. And I
1: believe we're still paying the price for it. I, I am sure. And as you say, there will be another one. Maybe even because many, many people made a lot of money with with it You know, not just because there will be another virus, but that's another story again. Now we're coming to the end, Saskia. I want to ask you, if you could leave tonight to anywhere you'd want to, everything paid, where would you go? Oh, do I have to go on my own? No, no. You can also take people with you. And do I have to be back in a certain time? No, Well, you should have eventually. We need you here. You have to eventually come (laughs) (laughs) back.
0: I think that um, at least a three-month trip would be really nice uh,
1: in a jet. Your own jet.
0: Yes, so that I could know a citation, so that I could move from place to place quickly and efficiently. And and then uh, once I'm down in my jet, I would like to travel in um, a more humble way. And be in one of those um, luxury caravan doodars. Yes, I'd like to do that and uh, simply travel around, stop wherever I want to, and then get back into my jet and go somewhere else.
1: I like I'm the fact sure that you where. actually you know the type, the citation. I like the fact that you know the type of your price. Yes, ship. Yes, I'd, I'd like that aircraft. So you have it all figured out. <laughs> I've got it to get out. <laughs> I think that's a great end to a wonderful podcast episode. And if anybody listens and wants to sponsor Saskia Costandino on that three-month trip with a citation and a luxury um, camper, <laughs> yeah. get in touch with her or with me because I may go with her. Oh,
0: <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> if, if anybody wants to sponsor that, I'd like to say that it would go towards something much less frivolous and much more um, important, like sponsoring somebody's education. I think that that's really important. And that's my my next mission, maybe from uh, September. I'm going to be doing programmes about that because uh, the move to Edinburgh has made me realise that the cost of education is absolutely horrific for students who are not from The UK, and we need to do something about that. I don't know what or how, but that'll be my next
1: sort of research. Fantastic! We look forward to that. We look forward to hearing about it, and we look forward to sharing it with you. Thank you so much for being on most memorable journeys today, Saskia. I'm most
0: honoured to have been on the program. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. It's wonderful
1: as always to speak to you. Thank you. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share, and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes